We have some hot takes today. Texas Tech, Big 12 champions. Number five ranked Iowa, nowhere to be seen. And somehow, someway, Duke is underrated. This is Radical Rankings. Hello and welcome listeners, this is Radical Rankings. I am your host, David Dolgan, providing new top 10 lists every episode across all major sports. Make sure you're following the podcast at Rad Rankings on Instagram and Twitter. Without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode of Radical Rankings. Hello and welcome listeners to the third episode of Radical Rankings. I am your host, David Dolgan, and I have a special guest today, Harris Hicks. How are you doing today, Harris? David, I am absolutely thriving right now, and I am more than ready to talk about college basketball. I'm so excited. So college basketball season is about to begin, and let's get started. The top 10 list for this week is the top 10 college basketball teams heading into the 2020 to 2021 college basketball season. I am very excited. Harris, I know you're a big college basketball guy. What team do you support out there, Harris? Oh, I support my Tennessee Volunteers thick and through, Dave. I bleed orange, and I'm excited for this. I'd say I'm about a 44 out of 10 right now just because college basketball is just around the corner, knock on wood, that we have a season due to COVID. But, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get this and start it. This is definitely one of the more exciting days of the year, the beginning of the college basketball season. We all love college basketball here on the podcast So without further ado, let's get it started. Harris, would you like to start? Who is the 10th best college basketball team in the nation? Well, David, I would be more than welcome to start. Uh, My 10th best team in the country is actually the North Carolina Tar Heels. I think they're being heavily underrated in rankings. They return three out of five starters, Dave. Obviously, they get Caleb Love, who is a huge five-star freshman. Garrison Brooks, one of the best college basketball players in the country. He is coming back. Their front court is loaded, Dave, and the Tar Heels are going to do what they do best, beat you on the boards. But the issue was last year, they had injuries. They didn't have guard play, Dave. This year, with getting Caleb Love, Anthony Harris is going to get more minutes. They have Leaky Black, obviously, and much more. I'm liking this Tar Heels roster, Dave. I think they can make some noise and possibly go to the Final Four. For now, I have them at 10. That's an interesting pick, Harris. I had North Carolina as my number three team in the ACC. They did not make the cut for the top 10, however, and that'll lead to my number 10 on my list, and we're going with the Creighton Blue Jays. They return their two through six starters from last season. They won 13 games in the Big East, 24 overall, and their big, their, uh, the big name for the Creighton Blue Jays, Marcus Zagorowski, he could do it all. He, I think, will be the best point guard in the nation this year. I'm very high on Creighton. They got a stacked roster. They're loaded, and they're all experienced, seniors and juniors. They got it all this year in Creighton. And this is it. After this, this they're, they're all in on this season. Marcus Zagorowski, watch out for him. He's definitely a potential candidate for the Naismith Award. The Creighton Blue Jays are my number 10 team this season. Wow, I bet you weren't Dave. expecting that one. 
Dave, I'm liking the takes. I'm liking the bold takes. I like what you said about Marcus Zagorowski. He's a great player. Obviously, 16-5 and five last year. He can shoot it from deep. He shot 42% from three, and he is the closer for Creighton. It's a matter of if he can, if he can play in big games because last year he struggled against Seton Hall, and he struggled against Nova, so that's a question mark. I don't have Creighton at 10th, however. Um, I question their ability to defend. On the defensive end, they don't necessarily have an interior paint defending presence. Um, they come in 46th in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. I don't know if that's enough to get them in the top 10, but I love their shooting. Their offense at least keeps them in contention, Dave. Yeah, I think they're going to be great. 46th on Kempom defensive efficiency is definitely not what you want to see as a Creighton fan, but they're all experienced players coming back and experience, as we've seen in the past, always is better than youth coming in. And with the experience yeah. that Creighton has, they're going to work together. They're going to get that defense. Greg McDermott will get his guys to play more defense this season. I truly believe Creighton will improve from last season and be a top 10 team in college basketball this season. Let's move on to number nine. I'll go my number nine team in the country this year. We're going to go with the Kansas Jayhawks. They did lose their two best players, Ooh. obviously, Devon Dotson and uh, uh, Azabuke. But they still, it's the, I mean, come on, it's the Kansas Jayhawks. They were the number one team in the nation last year, 17-1 in the Big 12. They got Marcus Garrett, who's probably the best defensive player in the country. They got a lot of guys in Kansas. They're going to make up for those two. It's Bill Self. He's one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. You know at Allen Fieldhouse, they're a lot to win a bunch of games there. Yes, they don't, they're not going to have that packed atmosphere that they normally do, but Kansas Jayhawks, to me, I could see how someone would not include them in this list because of the loss of those two players, but they're going to have guys coming back. And Bill Self always has players, you know, they always recruit well. They're always going to have guys coming up, doing their job to, to fill the roles of Devon Dotson and Asabuke. Kansas Jayhawks, number nine. So, David, uh, I actually have the Jayhawks at 13th, and my issue was how can they play without Yudoka Asabuke? Um, it was a thing. It was a proven thing last year. When you get Doke in foul trouble, Kansas is not the same team. And they'll obviously be replacing him with David McCormick, Tyson Grant Foster, the Juco transfer that y'all may not know about now. You'll probably know about him coming into the season. They obviously return Christian Brown, Bryce Thompson's a five star that they acquired, Marcus Garrett. I could bore you about the roster. It's a pretty solid roster, not one of Bill Self's best but a pretty solid roster. I like the Jayhawks being like a, high, a low three seed, high four seed type team. I don't think they're quite top 10 as they lack the scoring. They only return one double digit score from last year. And that guy, O'Shea, I can't pronounce it. O'Shea, something like that. It's a tongue twister. He yeah, put up 10.0 points per game last year. Um, so I question where their scoring, can, where their scoring is going to come from in big games, Dave. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, but I, I think defensively this team is going to be really tough to score on, especially obviously with Marcus Garrett. And a lot of it's just the because of the fact that, I mean, yes, they did lose their two best players, but they were the number one team in the nation last year by the yeah. time the season ended. They're going to definitely lose more games than they did last year, but will it be significant enough to knock them outside the top 10? That, that's the question. You could definitely make the argument that it will because they lost so much. But I think with Bill Self, I'm going to trust him over other coaches that are on the brink of top 10. And I'm going to go with the Kansas Jayhawks at number nine. Interesting. Interesting. And it's a concern for me, too, because, you know, the Jayhawks were going to win the title last year, probably. Yeah. COVID. And it, it's very unfortunate that the season ended the way that it did. But the loss of Devin Dotson at the point guard 
position and the loss of Yudoka Azubuki down low is, to me, a little bit too much for me to put them in the top 10. I think they're still going to be good. They're still going to be Kansas-esque, but not quite that top 10 that you're talking about, Dave. We'll agree to disagree. So who is your number nine, Harris? So my, my number nine is actually, you're going to love this one. Uh, from Knoxville, Tennessee, my Tennessee Volunteers, Dave. They are my ninth best team in the country. They return four out of five starters. They get two five stars with Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson. This isn't as top heavy as the roster was two years ago when Tennessee made the Sweet 16 and they were number one in the country for a couple months, but they are deep. They can go about 10 deep. First off, they got Victor Bailey Jr. transferred from Oregon, shot 40% from three. EJ Anuski, I think that's how you pronounce it. The Vols' weakness last year was rebounding. Well, EJ Anuski ranked top five in college basketball and rebounds last year. Obviously, Triple J, Josiah Jordan James comes back. Yves Pons, reigning SEC Defensive Player of the Year. And John F. Fulkerson himself, potential SEC Player of the Year, John Fulkerson. They have a loaded roster dave and obviously rick barnes has proven it time in and time out as a head coach so i'm taking the volunteers at nine and my favorite to win the sec yeah tennessee is loaded they're going to be fun to watch in the sec this year and they could definitely make a run so i'm excited to watch your tennessee volunteers play this year especially with eve ponds and john fulkerson the man oh, the, myth, the legend so am i dave so am i it's going to be fun to watch and so let's move on to number eight and for number eight, I have the Illinois Fighting Illini. They're returning all their starters from last season, including Ayo Dosunmu and Koki and sorry, Kofi Cokeburn. They are fun to watch. They won 13 Big Ten games last year, 21 overall. They're returning everybody, and this is the year for Illinois. We've been waiting for this since the early 2000s, 2005, when they made it all the way to the NCAA championship. The fans have been waiting, and the year is finally here for the Illini. I'm really excited to watch them. They got the star in Ayo Dosunmu. He's going to be a top player in the NCAA this year. Nobody expected him to come back. Everyone thought he was going to the draft. Him coming back was huge. They got a big presence down low in Kofi Coburn. They got Adam Miller, a freshman from Chicago, coming to play for the Illini. It's going to be fun to watch this year. Illinois fighting Illini are my number eight team in the country this season. How could you possibly reference Illinois without mem- – without referencing Brandon Lieb, Dave. What are you doing? <laughs> I know, Brandon Lieb, he's going to be fun to watch. But uh, he, he was, for anyone that doesn't know, I went to high school with a guy on the Illinois Fighting Illini, Brandon Lieb. He's probably going to redshirt this season. We'll see what happens. Uh, but Brandon Lieb, I'm excited to see him, to, to see what he does at Illinois. I'm not sure if he's going to play very much. But uh, it's, it's going to be good. It's nice to see that he's playing with, the best Illinois team we've seen in over a decade. So I'm excited to watch that. But Illinois fighting Illini, number eight team in the country. They're you know going to be fun babe, to watch. If I was seven foot one, I feel like I'd be just as good as Brandon Lee is. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, talking about the fighting Illini, I'm actually not as high on them as most are. And I'm sorry, Illinois fans, but I actually have them at 17th, finishing fourth in the Big Ten. They had a net rating of 39th. Last year, they come into Ken Palm, rank 18th. Uh, I, I think that's about right. They returned three out of five starters. The loss of Alan Griffin transferring to Syracuse is huge. They get Trent Frazier back. Hopefully he can find his shot. Um, 
I cannot pronounce his name, but Gorgie B's. I'm not even. Yeah, that's I'm not even a long try. last name. With these long names, I don't want to embarrass myself any more than <laughs> I already have, Dave. Jacob Grandison back, Kofi Cokeburn, as you obviously mentioned. It's a deep team at the guard position, not necessarily in the front court after Cokeburn and Grandison. It gets a little slim. Um, I don't think Illinois has made the tournament. Uh, this is off the top of my head since 2013. That's I right. want to say. That's correct. Yes, I don't think they've correct. been a top four seed since like 2000, maybe 05. Even. It was 05. It was. 05. So they're not the program. They're not that program that I see up there with the Blue Bloods yet. They have the roster. Oh, no. They're, they have the roster, but I just I question the coaching so much, Dave. I cannot put them that high yet. Yeah, I just think with how, how successful they were last year and the presence of a guy like Ao Dosunmu and Kofi Cokeburn, and those guys are coming back. I, I I'm just big in experience. Like, okay, I know that they they did lose Alan Griffin, but I think with the experience coming back with those star players and Adam Miller, who's a star, yeah. uh, he played high school in Chicago. He's coming to Illinois this year. Wow, I think that. I think that the experience that they're going to have will it will be good enough to make up for the loss of Alan Griffin and you know the the concerns that you have with Illinois. I do think they're going to be that good of a team, and they're obviously going to have they're going to have a tough schedule, which could be good for them, could be bad. We'll see. But I think if they could beat um, you know if they could beat Wisconsin or beat Iowa, Michigan State, uh, Indiana, Ohio State, if they can get you know wins against a lot of those teams, that will help them in the rankings for sure. Cause the big 10 is probably the best conference in college basketball this season. Agreed. And Agreed. I think that Illinois is the second best team in that conference. Uh, we'll talk about that later, but Illinois is in my opinion, the eighth best team in college basketball this season. Wow. Well, that's a pretty bold take. I mean, compared to me, it's a pretty bold take, but for other people, most people I would say agree with you. The experience. Wait, where are they ranked? Where are they ranked right now in AP? So in the AP poll, I believe they're ranked top 10, if I may be wrong, Dave. I don't know the exact rank, but I know the Fighting Illini are very hyped up this season. I'm not on the hype train. They do have the opportunities, like you mentioned, bearing COVID. I'm going to knock on wood again, but bearing COVID, uh, they do have a lot of opportunities to prove themselves. So we'll see. We'll see. Okay, so let's move on. Harris, who do you have at number eight? Number eight, uh, I question their depth a lot, but I love their starting five. This is the Wisconsin Badgers coming in at the eighth best team in the country. Last season, they ended on a 10-game winning streak. People forget when Kobe King got kicked off the team, they won 10 straight games. And the most compelling thing about Wisconsin, they return all five starters, Dave. Uh, Trice Davison, Ford, Ray Ubers, and uh, Micah Potter will be back there playing extended minutes as well. He is a huge breakout candidate for me. Um, the question is, who's going to become the star? Because they only have their leading score, Nate Ray Ubers, 13 points, five rebounds. After that, there's not really a star. Who are they going to trust to go to late in the games? Their depth is also a massive concern. As Tyler Wall might be their sixth man. He put up just two points a game. So I fear their depth, and that's why I don't have them in a top five team instead of just a top ten team. But all five of their starters are seniors, Dave. This is a very experienced team from top to bottom. Obviously, Greg Gard, after almost getting fired, uh, ended up proving himself big time with winning ten straight games. So the Badgers coming in hot from last year, I think they're going to continue that hot streak, David. 
Yeah, yeah, they won. I think it was what was it? Eight. I think it was eight games at the end of last year. Maybe you were was right with 10? ten. I I, I, I think it was eight. I think it was eight. But I, you could be wrong. But yeah, they had a hot streak at the end of the year, winning eight straight, returning all their starters. They're all seniors. Wisconsin. I am very high on them this year, and we'll see that going forward. And so let's move on. Number seven. I think you'll like this. The Tennessee Volunteers. I think they're. I, I think they're going to be great this year. They. Let me tell you, Harris, Tennessee, they're going to be exciting to watch. They're deep. They're deep. I mean, you already explained it, but it, it, it's going to be focused out around, you know, obviously John Fulkerson and Eve Pons. Uh, and I don't know if you mentioned uh, EJ Anisite coming from uh, Sacred Heart. Is that the correct pronunciation? I tried pronouncing it right. I am off I, my game. I think it was Anisite, but I'm not totally sure. But he, he was a big pickup. I'm pretty sure he averaged double digits points and rebounds there i could be wrong but but that was a huge pickup and obviously the fourth best recruiting class in the country according to 24 7 sports so with jalen springer and keon johnson it's going to be a big year for tennessee last year was more of a transition year from the you know the schofield uh and grant williams era and transitioning to the ponds and fulkerson era but now tennessee's much deeper much more experienced and now they know their identity and they're back and I'm excited to watch them. And I think Tennessee is the seventh best team in the country, having them surprisingly ahead of your <laughs> ranking of Tennessee. I was surprised by that when you had them at nine. You surprised me too. I thought you weren't going to put them in your top 10 and I was about to get pretty mad, but no, you <laughs> made me ecstatic, Dave. Yeah. I love it. It's music to my ears. Hopes are high in Knoxville after a rough football season. Don't even get me started, please. But for basketball, man, I hopes are up. Uh, the roster is very deep, as I mentioned before. I don't want to bore your viewers with constant Tennessee information, but let me just say the balls are going to be pretty darn good next year. Yeah, I, I'm excited to watch them for sure. And it's it's a good day to be a Tennessee basketball fan. Football, I don't know. We'll see. But okay. bas- basketball, <laughs> basketball, they should be fun to watch this year. And so who is your seventh best team, Harris? So this is going to shock some people because I haven't really seen people rate this team this high, but I'm going to take Michigan state. I don't know why people are underestimating them in terms of they can't win the big 10. I see Illinois. I see Iowa and I see Wisconsin and I don't see Sparty. They still return Aaron Henry and people forget about this guy. They get Joshua Lankford back from. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah. Huge, huge. When he was hurt before he was hurt, at least in 2019, 15 points on over 40% three-point shooting. This guy is a great dynamic scorer. He could easily average around 18 a game next year. Obviously, you get Joey Hauser, the transfer from Marquette, 10 points and five on 43% three-point shooting. So he could develop and take the freshman to sophomore leap. Obviously, you have Aaron Henry coming back, who's one of the best wing defenders in the Big Ten. Good shooter as well. Matty Sisko. Gabe Brown off the bench, Marcus Bingham. He may start Malik Hall, Foster Lawyer, who is a little five foot ten, curly haired point guard inspiration to people like me. But yes, I would say Michigan State's roster is very deep, Dave. This is a team that could easily win the Big Ten and contend for the Final Four. Yeah, uh, Michigan State, I did think people were sleeping on them. I didn't have them in my top 10. My thing with Michigan State is obviously they lost probably their two best players in Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. Also, there's definitely a question mark at center for them. Uh, if Marcus Bingham is probably going to be their starter at center, definitely a question mark. We'll see if they get out-rebounded. That's definitely a concern. 
And, you know, I, I am eye on them, especially with the addition of Joey Hauser and Josh Langford coming back, who was supposed to be back last year. And it looked like the I think it was a foot injury just lingered kind of the whole season. Right. But Michigan State will definitely be a fun team to watch this season. They're definitely going to win games. Obviously, Tom is a terrific head coach. They definitely can win the Big Ten. I, for me, they were ranked number four, number four in the Big Ten, and I think the top four teams, all of them could win the Big Ten, and they're all very close. And then after that, it, it's the top, it's the top four, and then the rest to me. Those are really the teams that legitimately have a shot at the Big Ten. Michigan State most definitely has a shot to win the Big Ten, but they just missed the cut for the top ten just because they missed their top two players. And that that center spot is definitely a question mark. And also, there are just a lot of good teams. So Michigan State is great. I can definitely see how they're a top 10 team. Uh, my friend, Aiden Giovanni. I know a lot of people, not a lot of people listening will know him, but he is a diehard Michigan State fan. He'll be very excited to hear your spot of Michigan State at number seven. So that'll be awesome to watch. Hopefully, Michigan State can be a top 10 team because I always love when Michigan State's good. And so, yeah, Michigan State, number seven, and let's move on. Harris, who do you have at number six? So, uh, number six, uh, this is another pick that the fans of this team may not particularly like. I've actually already gotten a lot of criticism for it already. I have the Baylor Bears. Ooh, that's a hot take. It is, it is. Tristan Clark, who was supposed to be potentially one of their starters, just quit basketball. Um, I don't know if anyone's talking about that, but – he was supposed to be the replacement for Freddie Gillespie, who uh, obviously went to the NBA draft, averaged 10 and 9 last year. You returned the backcourt's great. I'm not going to diss the backcourt. Flagler. Yeah, it's the best backcourt in, in college easily, basketball. Easily. Flagler from, from Presbyterian, Jared Butler, uh, Mikhail Teague. It's a great backcourt. Davion Mitchell as well. But, oh, Dave, the frontcourt, it's just Definitely so. a question mark. It's Definitely such a question, question mark, mark to me. Yeah. So I can't put them that high. I just don't think they're going to be as good of a team as they were last year. I don't really see how they could get any better. I see Jared Butler taking a leap. Obviously, he was, he's going to be a potential play of the year candidate, you name it. But I'm not as high on Baylor, but their backcourt and Scott Drew being a great coach, Mark Vidal being potentially the Big 12 defensive player of the year this year, um, they're set to at least contend. Yes, uh, I think that... I mean, I think Baylor's going to be great. Well, I have Baylor higher in my list, so I could explain it then. But, but, uh, but the Baylor Bears, I understand. I was, I was looking at a team, and the loss of Gillespie is going to be big. The front court definitely has question marks. Guys are going to have to step up. Makai Oteague will probably move to play like a small forward, power forward type of thing. It's definitely small ball with Baylor. So yeah. we'll see what happens there. But I mean, I think Baylor's backcourt is just sensational and. In today's game, a lot of times backcourt is more important than frontcourt. Not always. Sometimes it just depends. But a lot of times you win with guards. And so we'll see what happens. But but Baylor, where, where was this number six? Um, that That's a fair spot. I mean, I, I feel like most people would have them higher. That's probably lower than the yeah. majority. I don't, I'm not sure where they're ranked, if it's like two or three. I know they're ranked very high. But Baylor six, I understand where you're coming from on that ranking. Uh, so for my number six, I'm going to go with the Wisconsin Badgers. They return all their starters. We already went over this because you had Wisconsin earlier. Return all their starters, and they're all seniors. We got a lot of experience. So besides the seniors, it's all freshmen coming in. So once these seniors leave, it's definitely going to be a transition year next year and the year after. But two or three years down the road, this team's going to be very good again because they got like five or six freshmen coming in. But 
definitely concerned with depth, but they got a lot of guys that can play. And earlier when you were talking about, you know, who can be their star, I think it definitely can be Demetrius Trice, uh, their Ooh. point guard. He's a terrific player. He can play. And Brad Davison, Demetrius Trice, Aleem Ford, Micah Potter, and Nate Reavers, I think that might be one of the best starting fives in all of college basketball. Greg Gard is a terrific head coach. They went on that win streak. And they're gonna they're gonna keep it going. When you when you win 14 games in the Big Ten and you return all your starters who are all seniors, that that to that is something that every college basketball team wants going into a season. Yeah. And that is gonna be huge for them that they're returning all those guys and there's nowhere to go up but up for them this season. I mean, they're gonna be even better. And yeah. they were already great last year and ended the season on a great note. And I think they're gonna carry that momentum into this season with the experience and win even more games and probably win the Big Ten. They're, they're my number one Big Ten team this season. So the Demetri Trice breakout, I, I kind of like it. Brother of Travis Trice, former Michigan State star. I did not know that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, so obviously it runs in the family, but, you know, I've already talked about Wisconsin, Dave. You've heard my case. I think yes. we sort of agree. We both like the Badgers a lot, but we went over their strengths and weaknesses. I think we're in agreement. Yes. So for number five, this is very unlike me. People who know me listening to this will probably be surprised. I think they're being a little underrated. We're going with the Duke Blue Devils. I mean, I'm not a huge Duke guy. Anyone who watches this knows, but oh yeah, I, I mean, know. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand why they're being so underrated. I mean, they got a great mix of recruits and guys that are returning. I mean. Wendell Moore is going to have a breakout season. Matthew Hurt is coming back. He was a top 10 recruit and he's coming back next season. And with the addition of Jalen Johnson, one of the top players in the class and in the backcourt, Jeremy Roach, Jordan Gold, they got a lot of young guys with Jeremy Roach and DJ Stewart in the backcourt. Jordan, Jordan Goldwire who's a senior this year is definitely going to, he's going to obviously start the year and probably most of the season, but he'll help those guys grow in the backcourt. Coach K obviously uh, in my opinion, the greatest college basketball coach of all time. I know you think differently on that, but with him, Duke's always a contender. They got John experience. John wouldn't exist, Dave. John wouldn't exist. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that's a discussion for another day. We could go all day on that topic. But Duke Blue Devils, they got experience. They got guys returning. Normally, Duke just has one or two guys returning that aren't very good. And then the rest of them are just incoming freshmen this year. They got a lot of, they got a good amount of solid players returning with the number one recruiting class in the country. I don't get what people aren't seeing. Duke is a terrific team. I'm not a Duke guy, but this year, I mean, I don't, I don't know why they're being underrated. Duke blue devils are the number five team in the country. So, Dave, uh, I don't know if this is some, like, telepathy telepathy or something, but I, I actually have Duke at number five as well. Yeah. Uh, great minds think alike, they obviously. They do, Harris. But, you know, you, you talked about the returning players with Goldwire, Matthew Hurt, Wendell Moore, Jimmy Baker, uh, the recruits, Jeremy Roach, Jalen Johnson, Mark Williams. Yeah, I, I could go on, but this is just yet another loaded roster at Coach K's disposal. You know, we've, we've seen this play out before. And it's weird to see Duke be a little bit underrated. But I agree. I think that's the case where we are. And I don't know how you feel. It's very interesting to see how your hate for Duke plays a part in this. Because usually you think they're overrated. Now you think they're underrated. So that's kind of interesting to see. But, you know, 
I'm I'm taking the Blue Devils at five as well, Dave. So I, I don't know if you copied my answer, or I copied yours, but we're in agreement. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not a Duke fan by any means. Anyone who knows me knows that D- Duke isn't my team. But like normally, when Duke has just a little bit, when they have anything good, they're, they're overrated by ESPN and CBS, and everyone's talking yeah. about them. And they'll get one big win. All of a sudden, they're the number one team in the country. When they really aren't, but this year they're coming in ranked what, like ninth or tenth? I mean, yeah. I think this is better than a ninth or tenth roster. I feel like most people would agree. I don't understand why that's happening. I mean, we all know once they beat Illinois or Michigan State, they'll go right up to number one in the season. That if that happens, obviously that's going to be overrating them. But coming in right now, they're underrated. It, I, yeah. it pains me to say it. It really does, Harris. But right now, I think Duke's kind of underrated. And I don't yeah. think it's a lock that they don't win the ACC. They 100% can win the ACC in my eyes. Yeah, for sure. And Dave, I think you could just, I could just see you throw up in your mouth a little bit as you said that. I, I Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was very hard to, yeah. to say those words. One of the harder things I've had to do all day. But yeah. it, it had to be done because I, I had to, I mean, I had to pay the respects. The team, the team's pretty good. Honestly, it's the best policy. I see it. Yeah, it really is. And so I'm going to move on now to number four. We we just went over this. I'm going with Baylor. Scott Drew, terrific head coach. I hope he's feeling okay. He had COVID. Arizona State is yeah. playing Rhode Island now. So thank you for that because that would have been rough for ASU if you asked me. <laughs> um, it would have been a lot of small ball in that game. A lot of small ball in, if, in a Baylor-ASU game. But right. Don't count for ASU. You know Bobby Hurley is Mr. November. Yes, yes. But uh, <laughs> Baylor Baylor Bears, number four. four. I mean, to me, four out of the five starters from a 15-win Big 12 team is returning from a 26-overall win team. When you return four out of the five starters, I mean – I, I mean, this team was amazing last year, and they returned almost everybody. Obviously, Freddie Gillespie was huge loss. But with guys like Mikhail O'Teague and Jared Butler and Mark Vital, this team is loaded. Scott Drew is a terrific head coach, and they want, they went 26-4 and four last year. I just think that – I mean, that's, that's the number four team in the country right there, and most people are having them two or three. So number four with that roster I really do think is fair. I think you'd understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, 100%. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I'm actually going to uh, stay in the Big 12 here for my number four. Um, I'm going to say you didn't have them in your top 10, which I find to be very shocking. But I'm taking Texas Tech as my number four team in the country. Wow. I told wow, some of my friends that is a hot I take. got we're, aggressively blamed for it, but I am. We're going to need some explanation here, Harris. <laughs> a lot right. of explanation from the stats guy. Let's hear it. First off, their point differential last year was actually great. Uh, their net rating ranked 22nd. They come into Ken Palm being ranked 6th this season. 14th in offensive efficiency, 5th in defensive efficiency. Last year, they were actually top 10 in defensive efficiency as well. Uh, they return two out of five starters, but those two out of five starters, I believe, are both in for massive breakout years. Kyler Edwards, who put up 11 and four, yeah. um, three assists uh, for Texas Tech. I think he's going to have a Jarrett Culver type breakout year. And then Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, put up 10 points in 24 minutes, 83% from the line, and a 57% true shooting percentage. And the transfer from VCU is huge. Getting Marcos Santos Silva, Marcus Santos Silva, excuse me. 
Um, 13 and nine in two blocks, uh, 57% true shooting percentage in 27 minutes, along with getting Mac McClung, who his efficiency was in question, but with a better team and better players around him, I think that efficiency can develop. Still put up 16 points and two and a half assists, 1.3 assist turnover ratio, so not too shabby. They're deep as well with uh, McCullough, Kevin McCullough, Namari Burnett, uh, near five-star recruit coming off the bench, Avery Benson, Micah Peavy as well. Uh, it's a deep team, Dave. And we've seen Chris Beard do this before. He's made the Final Four before, right? Like Texas Tech, this is a great roster from a team that was actually kind of underrated last year. They were a little better than what their point than what their record said, I would say. So this is a very deep team. I don't know why you don't have them in your top 10 here. I think you're going to eat your words here, Dave. And when they do end up winning the Big 12, I'm going to make sure you remember what I said. <laughs> oh, I'll remember. I'll definitely remember what you said. But, the, I mean, it'll be fun to watch. We'll see. Texas Tech, I just think they're not – I mean, they are, they're only returning two starters, which was concerning. I know they have the transfers. We'll see what happens. I mean, Chris Beard, I am one of the biggest Chris Beard fans there is. I mean, I just – we'll see. I mean, putting them at number number five is is definitely questionable. Or start was there number four? What are we at right now? Uh, number four, number four. We're at number four, so you got Texas Tech very high. So yes, that'll I, be fun I, to see. And I and I think for Mac McClung, it's fair to say that Chris Beard is at least slightly better of a coach than Patrick Ewing. I think that's very fair to say. Um, yes. Playing center in the NBA, Patrick Ewing might be better at that. But when it comes to coaching college basketball, it's we can all agree Chris Beard is a major upgrade for Mac McClung. So that efficiency will definitely increase, and he'll he'll know his role better at Texas Tech. So, I mean, I'm excited to watch Texas Tech. The Red Raiders are one of my favorite teams to watch every year, watching them clamp teams up defensively and work great as a team. Chris Beard, so fun to watch Texas Tech. And I don't know for anyone that, uh, I mean, most people don't know this, but a few years ago, Texas Tech almost won me $2,000 if they were to beat Virginia in the championship. <laughs> so if only DeAndre Hunter does not hit that three, I would be a rich man, maybe, yeah. I don't know, $2,000. Not not a whole lot, but that that would have helped if if DeAndre Hunter were to miss that three. But I'm a big Texas Tech guy, so we'll see if they you know how they do this year. But I do not have them in my top ten. But I would love to see them in the top ten. I love Texas Tech, so I'm I'm excited for that. So moving you know what, on. Dave? With two thousand dollars, you could get a lot of meals from the dining hall. I can get a lot of meals at the dining hall with $2,000. And that would be where all the $2,000 go is the dining hall. Cause who doesn't love the dining hall? But right. No, number three at all. Yes. Yes. Uh, but number three, moving on, I have the Virginia Cavaliers. I was considering putting Duke ahead of them, but the more that I think about it, I think Virginia's the front runner in the ACC Kihei Clark's going to be one of the best players all year. He's the perfect point guard to have with that system. He's a great defender, and he's a great playmaker. I just think Jay Huff broke out last year on the defensive side especially, and his offensive numbers will increase. He's a great guy to have down low. And now with Sam Hauser finally being able to play, that kind of brings the whole team together. He'll probably be that star that Virginia needs. And Tony Bennett is a terrific head coach, and and this team is deep. They're going to be great defensively. 15 wins in the ACC last year. That should go up. Virginia Cavaliers, number three team in the country. So I, I guess you looked off my uh, my notes because I also have Virginia at number three, Dave. So 
My reason for here, uh, they returned three out of five starters. This is a team that actually went 24 and seven last year. And you bring up Sam Hauser, 15 and seven, 40% three point shooting, 60% true shooting percentage, which is very efficient at Marquette. Sam Hauser is probably the second best scorer that Tony Bennett has ever had behind DeAndre Hunter. And people forget that. People forget how important that is for him to be able to shoot the ball as efficiently that he did as he did. And that system is very important. Obviously, you mentioned P.A. Clark. I'm sensing a breakout year from Casey Morceau. Uh, Jay Huff, potentially the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. Um, Jabri Abdur-Rahim off the bench, the son of the great Sharif Abdur-Rahim, former NBA All-Star. Obviously, you have Cody Statman, Caden Sharik, and Reese Beekman off the bench. So it is a very loaded team that UVA has at their disposal. We've obviously seen Tony Bennett do it here and here and there. So I'm taking UVA at number three. Dave, thanks for stealing my answer. Yes, and uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have the same list throughout the rest of it. But uh, I could also sense a breakout year from, I hope I'm saying this right, Tomas Woldentensen. I think that's how you say it. I'm not I think it's totally Woldentensen, sure. but close enough. Yeah, I, I think he can be a terrific player in that system as well. I, I'm not sure if he's going to start. We'll see. But I think Virginia is going to be great. I mean, they're going to be they're they're going to be really similar to that team that won it all in 2019. I think I think they're going to yeah. be very similar to that team. Uh, I mean, the loss of Diakinte is big, but they're going to have enough to make up for that to be a top team in the nation. So let's move on. Number two, the Villanova Wildcats. They returned four out of five starters from a team that won 24 games last year, 13 games won in the Big East. Colin Gillespie is a potential player of the year in the Big East. Justin Moore, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Cole Swider, you name it. That team is loaded. Uh, Jay Wright is one of the best coaches in the country, maybe the best in the country at the moment. Villanova is always a contender, and, and they return a lot of guys from last season who won 24 games. This is going to be one of the better years from Villanova in the past few. I, I think Villanova is returning to be a one seed this year in the tournament. I think they'll win the Big East. Don't sleep on Creighton, though. We already went over Creighton. I really like them this season, but Villanova should be the best team in the Big East and maybe the best team in the country, but probably not. But I am excited to watch Villanova. I think it's a loaded roster, very deep, very good starting lineup, star power, and great guys, great teammates. Villanova is going to be great, very well coached, and they're going to be great this year. So, David, had Villanova returned Sadiq Bey, I'd probably have them at number one. But they're getting a nice alternative. Caleb Daniels, a transfer from Tulane, put up 17 yeah. and 5 there. Uh, Brian Antone is the X Factor. Some of y'all may not know who he, who he is. He is a five star recruit in 2019. He did not get that much playing time last year. Will he take that step forward? That is the big question for Villanova. Obviously, Gillespie, Moore, Jermaine Samuels, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. You know what you're getting with those four. But the question is, can they compete with this? In order for them to be able to compete with this number one team that we're about to talk about, they need more depth. They need more star power. And if Brian Antone doesn't break out, oh, well, I guess they'll settle with number two. But as you mentioned, their bench is very good and their starting lineup is very good. And Jay Wretch is a great coach. So all around... All in all, I don't see why you couldn't have Villanova as the number two best team in the country, Dave. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be terrific to watch. So uh, 
let's move on to number one. We can all agree. Everyone knows the number one team in the country, the Arizona State. Nah, I'm just playing. The number one <laughs> best team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Hear and me this, might, th- this might be the best team that Gonzaga has ever had. The best recruiting class that they've ever had. They got up front, probably the best front court in the country with Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, Omar Balo, who at uh, people aren't talking about. He averaged 17.5 points per game, 11.9 rebounds per game at the U19 World Cup. That's going to be big. That's that's a big guy. He's coming off the bench for them. Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, and Anton Watson starting at the front court. In a back court, they got uh, the from Florida, who just transferred today, uh, Andrew Nebhar from Florida, uh, Joel Ayai, and obviously the star player for Gonzaga this season is going to be Jalen Suggs, five-star, top-ten recruit at the point guard, and he's going to be that spark that Gonzaga is going to need and to make Gonzaga – uh, such a fun team to watch. This team is deep. This team is loaded from top to bottom, backcourt, frontcourt, everywhere. Mark View. This should be the year that Gonzaga finally wins a title. So before today, I had Gonzaga as my number one A. But when Andrew Nembhard decided to transfer to Gonzaga, uh, the transfer as a Tennessee fan, I'm very familiar with Andrew Nembhard, who played at Florida, put up 11 points, led the SEC in assist at 5.6. That is a huge transfer for the Bulldogs. Their backcourt of Andrew Nimbard and Jalen Suggs, as you mentioned, a five-star basketball recruit, also a three-star football recruit, fun fact, is insane. Might be the best backcourt in the country. But you know what the crazy part about that is, Dave? That might not even be that might not even be the best part about their team. Their front court, as it is, is loaded. Ayayi, as you talked about, great defender, rebounder, great shooter. Kispert could be a player of the year candidate when it's all said and done. 14 points for 62% true shooting percentage. And my breakout player of the year, Drew Timmy. 10 points in 21 minutes, uh, put up 10 and 5, was very efficient scoring the ball good defensively. So here's a stat. Um, obviously, Gonzaga loses Philip Petrusive, but I thought this was kind of a blessing in disguise because when Drew Timmy and Anton Watson were on the floor together, and Philip Petrusive was off the floor, Gonzaga actually had their highest net rating of any point in the season. So for me, Dave, Gonzaga is not just a 1A anymore after today. They're the flat-out number one. You talked about Omar Ballo, who's very underrated, Aaron Cook, the transfer from Southern Illinois, and Anton Watson, uh, as I mentioned with the net rating stat. That's a nice six-man to have, if you ask me. So we'll see what Mark Few does with those six. He may act it, it, it would be so Mark Few if he decided to put Jalen Suggs off the bench, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Point is, this roster is loaded, and this is the year Mark Few gets over the hump. I'm saying it now. And the Gonzaga Bulldogs will win the 2021 National Championship. I don't know if it'll be them or if it'll be COVID, but Gonzaga, I think, <laughs> will win. Mark it yeah, I, I agree with that. And, like, this team is, I think, is absolutely unbelievable. I am so excited to watch Gonzaga they got like two guys that could potentially win the player of the year. And that's not including their star freshman who might be the best freshman in the country. I mean, this team is absolutely loaded top to bottom. Their bench is amazing. Their starters are amazing. Backcourt front court's amazing. They got an amazing head coach. Everything about this team is amazing. And it's gotta be the year they win the title. It has to be. I mean, this team is to me, flat out the number one team in the country with or without an MR, they would have been my number one for sure. Not even a one a, they would have been my number one. I know we might disagree there, but either way, 
Gonzaga is the number one team in the country. And I, I think this team is going places. I think they're winning the title. And I'm, I'm going to say it here. They might not lose a game this season. I think they're that good. Wow. I really do. So, really you know, you're lucky you said that because when Rick Barnes got COVID, they actually took Tennessee off their schedule. Oh, so yeah. Lucky you said that. But no, anyway, I think they would beat Tennessee, honestly. But, you know, let me let me give you credit on this. Thank you for not having Kentucky in your top 10, David. As a Tennessee fan, that makes me that makes me so happy. Because these I mean, Kentucky fans around here, man, they get they're the worst. They're so annoying. I they're don't I, I don't understand the Kentucky fans. I mean, Olivier Sar is gonna be great, but who are they returning? They they have who is it? They got one guy returning this season. Leon Brooks. Every, everyone's new. Everyone's new. They might have they might have, you know, a lot of five-star presence. They'll be a fun team to watch. Like, they're not I – I, I'm looking at this team top to bottom. There's not a, much experience on Kentucky at all. There's none. Yeah. I mean, there's no guys – they haven't – these guys have never played together. I, I don't know. Calipari would have to come up with a miracle for Kentucky to make the top ten. He really would. I, I don't see it in Kentucky whatsoever. I really don't. So I this mean, is Kentucky's lowest preseason ranking since 2011. And this isn't like any Kentucky – class any kentucky class is just loaded with five stars they only have two five stars coming in this season and they return utterly nobody like last year they returned emmanuel quickly nick richards they returned some good players this year no one so i wonder how i was wondering if you were going to put them in your top 10 and i was about to get pretty mad but you know what dave i'm content no no i know what i'm talking about contrary to popular belief i have some okay takes but kentucky <laughs> I, I would be shocked if this team is at any point in the country worthy of a top 10 team. I mean, Olivier Saar is going to be great, but I mean, these guys have never played together before. Not, not right. one of them has played with the other. I mean, I, I don't see it in Kentucky this year. I really don't. I think this is going to be a year that Kentucky fans would like to forget. I, I mean, there'll be a five, six seed of the tournament. Honestly, I, I don't see it with Kentucky this year, but you know, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I do think Tennessee will be the best team in the SEC this season. I love it. I love it. But, but I, I, I mean, I just can't wait for college basketball. I, I'm very excited. I, I cannot wait to watch college hoops this season. David, it's like looking under the Christmas tree, and instead of seeing Christmas gifts, you're seeing college basketball games. It is yes. truly the greatest – one of the greatest – not the greatest. One of the greatest days behind Jesus' birthday, of course. But one of the greatest days, I would say. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> going to be fun. And Harris, it was really a joy having you on the podcast. I wish you good luck to your Tennessee volunteers. <laughs> and is there anything else you'd like to say, Harris? You know what, Dave? I'm pretty content with what you had in your rankings. Um, I like it, except not having Texas Tech in there was something that we'll have to agree to disagree on. But you know what, Dave? Always a pleasure. And I look forward to talking more college basketball with you in the future. I, I definitely look forward to talking basketball, college basketball with you, Harris. Uh, I'm very excited for the season and just ready to get things started. College basketball starts very soon. So, everyone, thanks for watching. Harris, always a pleasure. And go Sun Devils. Hopefully they can make an <laughs> appearance in the top ten. We'll see. I don't think so, but who knows. But, uh, everyone, thanks for watching. This is Radical Rankings, Harris Hicks, along with David Dolgan. So long, everyone.